recording? Hey guys, it's Alfredo. And this is Brian. And this is Film Purgatory. So thank you guys so much for joining us this week. This week, going to comedy. I would say this is a... I was going to say coming of age, but that would be wrong. This is just straight adult comedy. Yeah, I mean, there are certain types of movies that uh, go along with this one. And I felt like we made the pretty good choices. Yeah. There's a yeah. reason for that. Yeah. But I felt like these two movies complement each other very Correct. well. And yes. there are several movies that uh, have something to do with that. That also, I guess, unintentionally or intentionally involve the same cast as so, yeah. these movies. Yeah, it's very similar cast. Um, we're talking about the Seth Rogans. We're talking about the James Franco's, mm-hmm. the Dave Franco's, if you want to go that far. Jonah Hill's. Jonah Hill's, the Michael Sarah's. These movies that um, I don't know give off a certain vibe where like they're. It's they a woof. mid. It's I'm gonna be honest with you, and yeah. this is something that may be forgotten in history. Huh. But the mid 2000s comedy was different. That's what I'm saying. It's it's a vibe, like you said, like it, that mid 2000s. It was short lived mm. because there was a couple bangers. Right. And then it's just like okay, it fizzled out, and we, we you know we we just moved on. Hollywood moved on, and and I won't forgive Hollywood for that. You know what it is? You want me to tell you? You're not gonna like the answer. You want me to tell you? It's the movies like Jumanji, The Rock, and Kevin Hart. I'm done with it. Too but, much. But they're funnier. They're, they're pets now. But they're funnier. They're pets. But they're funnier. Nah, I, I'd prefer these types of comedies where they have a little bit more substance. There's a little bit more story going on here. Oh, oh, oh. There's more of a real life relatable. And, I prefer and, that. And I like that. Don't get right. me wrong. I'm not saying I'm choosing one or the other. Right. They're both funny, but I'm in very choosing. different ways. I'm choosing. You know, like, the reason, in my opinion, if I had to give my theory... Mm. I would say that these movies are adult comedy, mm. but they don't appeal to all adults. Let's keep it real. Mm. Not all adults like vulgarity, like crude humor, like dark humor. I think it's specific adults. Right. There's a specific adult that likes these kinds of movies, and I don't think it appealed to as wide of an audience as they wanted it to. And they'll always be classics. Mm. But I think there's a reason why it kind of just fizzled out. I think there was a wider range that they wanted to appeal to. What I mean was, it's not adults, adults, like maybe what you're thinking right now. I'm talking about young adults. We're young adults. Like Correct. our age group, it's it's not unanimous, but I can say that majority of us think these movies are great. Yeah. Maybe a couple years down the line, a couple years older than us, maybe they might not think so. But for our generation, sure. these movies were, were hits. Sure, sure. And that's what I think that... I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit narcissistic thinking that our type of comedy was was the best or superior. Maybe yeah, that's yeah, a generational yeah. thing. I it's don't a, it's know. A, sure. For sure. I was just going to say that every generation has their, oh, you know, the the rock from the 80s was the best and then rap from the 90s was the best. Like every generation has their right. uh, genre or their uh, set of artists that to mm. them is like the best ever. Like For example, in the Hispanic community. There's people who say like the Teo Calderon and Don Omar and Daddy oh. Yankee era. Daddy and you know what I'm talking about because yep. we've had this. That that's like the, the best era ever for, for like reggaeton for that kind of music. And yeah. how do you argue that? You right. know what I'm trying to say? Every, every culture, I think, has that type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? So for us, when it comes to humor, mm. it just so happened to be movies that technically we're not allowed to see. And that may also be a reason why it fizzled out. Because mm. these came out before we were 18. Right. Did we still find a way to watch them? Of course. And we, do we still appreciate them now? Of course. Right. But like you said, it was such a specific audience that I don't think it 
it made sense enough to keep you know doing the same type of comic. Right. These guys, uh, you know, they got older. Um, they just lost this magic. Mm-hmm. Not really sure. But uh, like I said, these movies that we picked, um, they complement each other very well. And of course, we're talking about the forty-year-old version and Knocked Up. So starting off with the 40-year-old virgin, 2005, this is a comedy slash romance. In fact, both of them are comedy slash romances. Yep. Uh, This was directed by Judd Apatow. Yes, that's how you pronounce it. Look it up. I Googled this. I've been known his name, bro. (laughs) All right, that's fine. Whatever. I can't have this win. That's fine. Uh, Judd had directed The King of Staten Island with Pete Davidson. Not a fan. Pete, I miss you, Kim Davidson. Do you think? Do you think like he misses her? I don't. I don't care. Like I saw bodies, bodies, bodies. That's as much attention as I'm giving, going to give it to him. Just a little more. Uh, like like, do you think he does? Do you think that he, uh, somebody like him would miss somebody like him? I think it's uh, it's lust. It's not love. I agree. It's not. It's, so it he, can't be. Do you think he misses her body? Yeah, of course. Okay. The hell? That's fair. Jesus. You seen that guy? Whatever. <laughs> you, you saw more of him tag Yeah I know That's it I don't, don't remind me uh, Judd had directed Trainwreck With Amy Schumer And Bill Hader I did see that one LeBron I, was in there I didn't like it Atrocious Yeah I didn't like it Atrocious That movie was one of those Like oh Instant classics Hilarious fall off future yeah. And you go and watch it And you're like <laughs> <laughs> Like you laugh You laugh more At the lack of of humor like you laugh more that it was really bad you know kind of corny it was just it was not good i might be biased on this one but i i just felt like this movie was a documentary of, of lebron and like the the name was fitting because that that performance was a train wreck wow. it was bad i'm i'm sorry it just he can't act i'm sorry you call him a spade a spade i guess mm-hmm. i mean i can't blame you for it garbage it was a small role but it was it was no he was like a, like a, a consistent actor in like a Consistent character, I guess, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, because like, he played Bill Hader's uh, like friend slash client, right? As LeBron, he played himself. Yeah, yeah. So like, it was just really cringeworthy. I don't know. Don't recommend it. <laughs> Fuck LeBron. You'd think it'd be easy. You're playing yourself. Guess <laughs> not. And uh, Judd also directed This Is Forty with Leslie Mann, his wife, and Paul Rudd. So a little foreshadowing there. Asterisk, asterisk, foreshadowing. I wrote that down. That's why. The asterisk. Uh, the cast in this one is pretty good. A lot of big names. Steve Carell, we know him from uh, The Office. Uh, Paul Rudd, Ant-Man. He's in the Ant-Man franchise. Seth Rogen's one of the characters that we did mention earlier. He was in Superbad. Catherine Keener. She was in Get Out. She played Trish in the movie. She played the mom. She played the, the grandma. No, I mean in, um, in Get Out. Oh, she, in Get she Out, yeah, she the... was Missy. Yeah, she's missing. I like her. Uh, Elizabeth Banks. She was in that one. Uh, she was in Charlie's Angels. She was Bosley. She was the most, but she was the the, the new one, like the the remake, right? Yeah, the remake. Okay, yeah. I never saw that one. Was it worth watching? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, some big TV stars appeared on this one. Romani Malco. He was in Weeds. Ever see that show, Weeds? I didn't. I know you you, you mentioned it to me, but it I never a, saw it. One of uh, my guilty pleasures. Not that great, but, you know, I was a kid. and uh, <laughs> Jonah Hill nice. had a cameo appearance. Jonah Hill did have a cameo. I was going to mention that later. Uh, Kat Dennings. 
She was in Two Broke Girls. I like Kat Dennings. When I was young, I remember her from Big Mama's House 3. Damn, she was young. Or 2. She was young on that one. Yeah, I don't remember. Wait, <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm confused. It was the one where he's like the nanny for a family. I guess that was the second one. Yeah, because the third one was when he was with his son and they both dressed up, right? I don't know. Martin Lawrence dressing up as a fat lady. I like Big Mama's House, bro. See, that's that's the comedy that like came before us. Correct. You're bandwagoning off of that. No, because I've always loved it. When I was uh. a kid, I had Big Mama's House on VHS, man. I've always <laughs> loved it. Jane Lynch. She was from Glee. Yeah. You like Glee? It's your favorite show? Yep. And Minnie Kling, another office Minnie alumni. Minnie Kaling. I've heard Kaling. I've heard both ways. Really? Yeah. I've always heard it as Kaling. Actually, that's her film debut. Really? Yeah. Minor roles also, like you said, just a lot of like... These are, these are big TV stars, you know? Like, true. These guys aren't really known for their... Films. Feature film performances. Because Jane Lynch, I always knew from this movie, but I know she was more famous for shows. Right. So Exactly. Same with Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Quick synopsis in this movie. Andy Stitzer. He's a bit of a loner who works at an electronics store. Uh, some co-workers, played by Paul Rudd, Seth Rogen, and uh, Ramoni Malco, they invite him to play poker at the store. And they figure out that Andy's a 40-year-old virgin. You think, um, you think there are 40-year-old virgins out there? That, that are act as normal as Andy does because that, that's the big if for me mm. it's like you can be a virgin I can believe it but I can believe it for different circumstances and mm. you mentioned it there's Mormons right and there's, right, there's right, priests right. there's right, right. but and I'm thinking oh well there's also like you know special special needs and there's also uh, mentally challenged right there, there's people that are sick there are different circumstances that maybe they won't get the chance alright I can accept that but when we say 40-year-old virgin, we're talking about 40-year-old, like, typical man, right? Like, or, or woman. You, you're talking about just in general. Right, right. 40-year-old that's a virgin, that acts normal, that has a job that is independent and just never got laid. Mm. I'm going to say no, because eventually you give in and you find a prostitute. You know what? I'm going to do you one better. Sir Isaac Newton died, he died a virgin. A virgin. He What's did. up? But we asked if there were any now. Oh, fuck. And at the time, nobody bathed. Do you blame him for staying away from the salmon and tuna combo? That man invented gravity, all right? He discovered gravity. (laughs) He invented it. He was in the lab, so everybody was floating before Isaac Newton came along. We were floating. No, no, no. We we know. We know our science, guys. Don't. This is a joke. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So, like... Like, like any friend or almost anybody would do, Andy's co-workers, they try to help Andy get laid. And throughout the process, Andy meets and enters a serious relationship with a woman called Trish, played by Catherine Keener. Andy eventually tells her his secret, and they get married, and he loses his virginity on his wedding day. That's nice. Yeah. That's uh, wholesome. It was wholesome. How it's supposed to be. That's right. That's right. Exactly. We yeah, don't I would support look away religion too. here. I would look away too. Nah, I'm just kidding, guys. Do whatever you want. I don't care. 
No one's watching. I mean, this movie. This movie was like riddled with a lot of jokes. Like You're wrong. These, some of these. Them, some of these jokes were like classics, man. God is watching. No. Oh. <laughs> but some of these jokes are, are pretty classics. Um, you can you can take your pick. Uh, a lot of people did make cameos on this one. Nancy Carell, Jonah Hill, and Kevin Hart all made cameos. They're pretty early in their career, specifically Jonah Hill and Kevin Hart. Um, it's not their film debut, but uh, you can tell that they were really young in this this movie. Uh, Kevin Hart is easily recognizable. I don't think he's changed much. Jonah Hill, on the other hand, like barely recognizable. Yeah, he was the eBay shopper. Yeah, he wanted mm-hmm. to buy the... What was it called? It's not stilts. They're like uh, platform shoes with the goldfish in the heel. Right, right. But she wouldn't let him buy because it's online only. And he's like, I'm here. Right. Why can't I just buy it? Like, it was funny. But I agree. Like, why have a store and you can't buy nothing? You know that, that eBay store is real? Really? Like, that was a real store. Like, oh. they just used it. And did it, like, does it actually make good money? I mean, I'm not really sure. But, like, um, it wasn't part of the script. And then because of the location that they had with the... I guess the the store, the electronic store, mm-hmm. which used to be a Staples. Right. Um, they saw that and they decided to write it in. That's funny how that works. Right. I gotta say the acting in this one was pretty good. Uh, as far as comedy goes, I feel like a lot of this movie, or not that I feel like, but like a lot of this movie was improvised, and some of the banter's in this one were pretty funny. Like we're talking about comedic gold. Yeah, I agree. Uh, some of the efforts on on these actors were great specifically Andy or I'm sorry Steve when Andy was getting waxed that was real yeah I so heard that. <laughs> Steve Carell insisted on doing that because he he figured that you know it's it had to be real to be funny right Unfor- which oh. sorry which directly means the co-stars reactions are also real right and that whole scene was it was really good it was really good it was really funny unfortunately uh, Andy's waxer played by Mickey Mia she failed to apply a coat of Vaseline on Steve Carell's nipples. Ouch. So when she did do that, she actually drew blood. So he bled for real. He bled for real. That's so funny. Like, <laughs> knowing that it's real, real pain and he right. actually bled right. just makes the whole scene funny because he does look miserable. Oh, yeah. After Afterwards, he's so mad. He looks at his shirt and you can see the, the, the blood stains where the nipples would be. Right. And he's like, ugh. <laughs> he's so upset. You know what's funny? The producers were actually planning on a sequel, and they were gonna name it "Knocked Up," and, and they were gonna have almost the same cast. But they ultimately decided to just have that movie be its own separate movie, not related to this one. And um, it's pretty funny how things work out that way. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fun facts. Hmm. Like I said, like, well, like we said, that they, they do fall under the same uh, category of comedy in that time frame um and the cast is so similar the humor is so similar i mean just the only difference really like you if you replace uh elizabeth banks with katherine heigl it's like almost identical really because i think of a blonde and like those are the two women the two actresses i think of i feel like elizabeth banks would be more of a of a good sport in these type of movies obviously we've all known the history with Katherine Heigl and, and her, I guess, reservations towards uh, Jed. Jed Apatow? Jed Apatow. She has reservations? I, I don't know. I'm, oh, okay, we can talk about it later on. But um, I don't know. I feel like um, 
I just keep going back to that to that that same thing we were talking about. This this type of comedy is a little bit more more substance for me. It's a little bit more whole for me because there's a story involved. It's more relatable, like you said. So, you know, to me, it's just these the both these movies were were great to me. This one's a timeless one. This one's like you can watch it again and again and and it'd still be funny. I agree. I, I definitely look forward to rewatching these every couple of years if I meet somebody who hasn't watched it. You know how it goes. You still know people who haven't seen these? Huh? You still know people who haven't seen these? Not now, because I show it to them. Ah. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, you know, hopefully I meet somebody and they're like, I haven't seen it. Like, we're going to watch <laughs> Your it. Your whole thing. <laughs> That's my <laughs> life goal. We're going to watch funny movies. Like, it's like, imagine you meet somebody who hasn't seen the Rush Hour movies. No, okay, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, we're going to watch the Rush Hour movies. Like, regardless of what you think or say, right. we're going to watch them. What if you watch them? All right, all right. You find your soulmate. She's never watched these things. Okay. You see Rush Hour, and she hates them. Well, that's why I don't believe in soulmates. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> IMDb gave this movie a 7.1. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 88%. Film Purgatory score. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. I'm going to do you a solid. Eight. Nine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, like I said, we're comedy gold, timeless, an excellent cast. This movie has little to no flaws. Its main flaw is its main strength is that it's just it's it's, a, it's just a comedy. Mm. Like it's made to make you laugh, but because it is it has relatable elements. Um, I, I like to think the the script, like the whole screenplay, was just catered to you know a young average male. That mm. I thought that was really cool. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Nothing was exaggerated or dramatized. Fe- f- what is it? Fetishized. You know, it was just like straight to the point. Right. Sexuality, as funny as it can be. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that about this movie. So, 9 out of 10. I feel like this movie, uh, it was funny. The sto- It had story. It had, uh, it had a plot. It-, it had legs to stand on. That's great. There's nudity. I love that. A little bit of nudity. That's great. Fantastic. I don't think that some of the jokes, they'd fly uh, in current times, in the current social climate. So that that might hurt it, its score. Um, I find them funny. You know, some people might not. I understand. I get it. But uh, it is what it is. I think uh, eight's a good score. I'm a Simon Cowell this shit. Fuck you. You're not going to Hollywood. You didn't Simon Cowell because you said your score first. I inadvertently Simon Cowell it. No. I Paula abdul you. That's how it is. That's right. how it went. See, this is what happens. I decide to go first, and this is what happens. So when does the Randy Jackson come in? Like, what's his role? There's no Randy Jackson. Ra- Randy Jackson is producer Skippy. Okay. No say whatsoever. It's Paula and Simon. That's, That's it. For me, dog. Skippy, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> But uh, this is a good movie, guys. Um, speaking of good movies, Knocked Up, our second movie in this one. 2007 comedy romance, like we mentioned before, with the same director, Judd Apatow. A cast in this one, Seth Rogen, uh, another movie by Seth Rogen, Pineapple Express. Katherine Heigl, she was in The Ugly Truth with one-hit wonder Gerard Butler. Leslie Mann, Jed's, uh, Jed's wife, she was in George of the Jungle. I love that movie. I like Tuki Tuki. <laughs> Paul Rudd, he's also in Role Models with Sean William Scott. 
Sean William Scott really fell off. That man died or something. I, he I don't really know. fell off. I'm not sure. He was uh, mainly known for his role as Stifler in right. the American Pie movies. But uh, he just couldn't gain traction. He was in Lethal Weapon not too long ago. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, speaking of role models, I want to talk. That random little kid. I saw him on, on That Soul Raven on Disney Channel, right? And then I see him in this movie. And, like, he also disappeared from the face of the earth. Like, like, I don't understand some of these actors. They gain, like, a couple big roles, and then nobody ever wants to give them work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I find that so strange. Right. I don't know. Because I knew him when I was a kid. I, I knew exactly who he was. But now, no idea. Well, sometimes they do it to themselves. And that's, yeah. that's foreshadowing to a little bit later on. Um, Jason Siegel's in this movie. He's in Forgetting Sarah Marshall with Mila Kunis. Jonah Hill. He's in the 21 Jump Street uh, franchise with Channing Tatum, your boy. And Jay Baruchel. He was in She's Out of My League. There's no one else worth mentioning in that movie. He's not even worth mentioning, but... Yeah, he's really not. I remember him from The Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage. Oh my god. Yeah. Why would you say that? Because that's where I remember him from. <laughs> I don't know. That guy, that guy was very, very forgettable. Mm. He's another example. Like we said, just got a couple big roles and or leading roles, and then just never did anything ever again. That's the only leading role I know of. Really? She's out of my league. That's it. I don't know anything else. No, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Eh, yeah, Nicholas Cage. That's not saying much, but still. Quick backstory on this one: Allison Scott, played by Katherine Heigl, she goes out with her sister to celebrate a recent promotion in E Entertainment. She has a chance encounter with Ben Stone, played by Seth Rogen, who's a young guy who has nothing going for him, but manages a one-night stand with Allison. Due to miscommunication, that sexual encounter was unprotected shame. Yeah. And ultimately leads to a pregnancy. Unwanted pregnancy. Not really unwanted. I was going to say, specifically that scene of the miscommunication, quote-unquote, I thought that was done well. It's a small detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like if you're really drunk, well, sorry, two people are really drunk and they're in the moment, they're in heat, essentially, mm. right? From an animalistic standpoint, you can easily, you know, get confused, you know, because she had said, just put it on already. Just do it already. Just, or just do it already. Right. And he just assumed she meant fucking, like, just forget the condoms, just right. put it in. Right. And, you know, that was miscommunication. He busted <laughs> and uh, knocked her up. It's relatable. It's real. It's substance, it's real. man. It's real. Substance. Uh, basically, the movie follows uh, everyone's adjustment to the new development and the unexpected love story between Ben and Allison. What's up, romance? That was the most unrealistic part of the movie. The romance? Yeah. Why? Mm, two people like that. Oh yeah, would no. never be like there. it's not. Yeah. Not, I, I didn't see anything going on. But, so like, they so tried. I mean, well, yeah, that's fair. I can believe that people try, you know, especially when, when there's a baby involved. But, uh, yeah, like, that would never work. I mean, like, mm. that, that's probably the, its biggest flaw in the movie is, like, that, that romance would never work. It would, mm. it would be more toxic than it was in the, in the film. It was more toxic than... I'm saying, like, a real-life situation. Oh, okay, yeah, It yeah, would yeah. be more toxic. Yeah. This was Ken Jones' film debut. He played a doctor... And he's a doctor in real life. Yes, he is. Ken was uh, in the Hangover franchise. What was it Kim? I think. No, I don't remember his name in the movie. Mm. 
But he's the funny doctor. He, sorry, he's the funny, uh, crazy mob guy. Right, right, I don't right. Know. Um, you know, we I mentioned Jay, and the only reason I mentioned Jay Brochels. Brochels? I don't remember how to pronounce it, but I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the only reason why I mentioned him is because I have something in relations to him. Like he doesn't like roller coasters, and there was a scene where they got on a roller coaster, and uh, he had made a deal with Jed or Judd um, that you know he wasn't going to be part of the roller coaster, and he would be the naked guy. But uh, Judd actually backed out on that on that deal, and he had to ride a roller coaster. And like I cannot imagine a worse hell. I don't know how you people do that shit. It's thrilling shut the fuck it's up. exhilarating I swear to god it's just like the one time where you're experiencing something you don't have to experience anywhere else I'm it's fine a, I'm fine not experiencing it's that. a unique experience that's oh god <laughs> Jesus Christ but either way um, deal was off and essentially Jason Siegel had to be the naked guy during the earthquake scene oh yeah, that's right he had to run out of the, the house naked that's funny random but I like that scene because, like, we see boob, like, literally 20 seconds after that. We see a lot of boob in this one. They have a... These guys, basically Ben, played by Seth Rogen, and his friends, they're a bunch of losers. They're just trying to develop a... What would you say, like, uh... Not really a porn site, but, like, a site where they show you or tell you what movies show nudity for certain actresses or yeah. actors and if i remember correctly uh ben the main character played by seth rogan was living off of some sort of insurance money right like he had no job he had nothing going for him but he lived off of that money right for so long right that he was essentially running out soon uh-huh. but he was convinced that this website was going to make them all rich right and then somebody was like oh you're it's just like mr the- skin Mr. Oh, that, is that what the name was? That's the that's the real site. Don't don't ask me how I know that. I just know it. Okay. Well, <laughs> he's like, oh, well, just like this one, and then it turns out his idea is literally already copy and paste, already up and running, and is very very efficient. What I like about this is that yes, Ben, his character, like I said before, he has nothing going for him. His friends have nothing going for them. They just smoke weed. They just prank each other they just look at titties all day which isn't a bad thing there's nothing wrong with looking at titties all day but like everything else that just lets you know you got nothing going for him but eventually you know having this kid kind of pushes him to getting his life together in some sort of some sort i'm sorry um you know obviously the relationship with allison didn't work out she broke up with him you know he wanted to make the effort to try to like right build a family or build something more stable but she you know she didn't want to she broke up with him because like he he was a sincere guy right with sincere intentions but unfortunately he's a bum right you know what i'm saying like it's just not gonna work out but like you said the kid and her being a good woman convinced him and motivated him to want to do something better right so you know an unexpected romance happened you know agree with this don't agree with this disaster not disaster I'm just saying in Miami, that shit won't fly. Of course. <laughs> but uh, I did mention Katherine Heigl and her reservations towards the movie. Essentially, she claimed this movie to be sexist and hard to love. Um, even though both Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow remembered working with her well. Like, they had no complaints, so she had no complaints whatsoever. 
these uh, these claims or these allegations uh, came after the movie. Yeah. Um, and Heigl later apologized, but um, I guess the damage was done. And this is what I'm talking about. Actors sometimes do it to themselves. They um, they don't make themselves have a, a good reputation, honestly. When you're bad-mouthing the director... And it's not like th- this This movie was uh, her biggest role. She did get roles after this. But I-, I can say you can make the argument that this one was her breakout role. It was her breakout role. For so, sure. you know, like, to start off like that, obviously a lot of people are not going to want to wanna work with you. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, she has a bad reputation of being difficult to work with. Yeah, that, that I know nothing about. But right. I can easily believe that after that allegation... Um, probably less likely to, to be called upon right because <laughs> um, I haven't now that I think about it I really just haven't seen her in much um, her next role was in The Ugly Truth mm-hmm. with Gerard Butler the one hit wonder and why are you obsessed with calling him the one <laughs> hit wonder he has nothing he has nothing going that's it 300 what's yeah, it yeah it's just 300 <laughs> um, but uh, I remember that Seth Rogen said that that movie wasn't any better it was even more sexist you can say like the, the humor in that one was even more crude than the knocked up so it was very hypocritical and I, w- I would agree yeah. I would agree not that I have a problem personally with either movie but right. if we're looking at it through that lens mm. then the ugly truth is for sure worse right I thought the knocked up was more of just like this is funny the ugly truth was like we're just you know gonna drill this point into it's a little different apparently she said that this movie made uh, women out to be shrewds Shrewds, yeah, and and like uh, made men lovable. And what she said is that she was influenced by other people's opinions. I guess people that were close to her, mm-hmm. and that's why she said that, and that's why she apologized. You know, Seth Rogen took it. He, he took it well. Like he was like, "Oh, I had nothing against her," but I guess Judd, he did not, because uh, there was no comment, and obviously, he didn't work with her anymore. Right, right. The spinoff of Knocked Up. This is forty. You know, it, it involved Allison's sister, played Correct. by Leslie Mann, and you know there was no mention of Leslie whatsoever. Right. Or, uh, I'm sorry, of of Allison, right, right. played by Catherine Heigl's character. So, I guess he just cut all ties with them. So, I don't know. These actors sometimes do it to themselves. Yeah, in this case, I agree. Mm. Not really sure. Kind of wish Gerard Butler did that. You kind of wish Gerard Butler what? Sabotage himself. I don't know. He's a one wonder. IMDb gave this movie a 6.9. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 89%. Fuck you, I'm not going first. Knocked up. I'll give it a 7.5. I swear, I'm not being petty. Uh huh. Okay, I wrote this down prior to this. I have evidence. <laughs> but I'm a Sama Cow, this bitch. 7. I don't know. I think this movie was, uh, although it was more real, more relatable. It's just the humor wasn't up to par with 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, in comparison, I think it's clear that the 40-Year-Old Virgin is, is superior. But uh, that's not to say that this movie is not enjoyable, nonetheless. No. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people that were in similar situations would actually find the movie better because it's more relatable. Right. It's one of those kinds of movies. Because 40-Year-Old Virgin is... I don't think anybody... <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard to find somebody who's going to find the main character relatable versus I'm sure there are un, un, um, like a crazy amount of people right. right? unfathomable amount of people that can relate to both 
Seth Rogen's character, Ben. Uh, ben. Ben. And Allison, played by Catherine Heigl. I'm sure there are just too many people that watch it and will prefer it simply for the relatable factor. Right. But if I'm, I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible, I don't have kids. Never knock nobody up. But in terms of just pure humor, which which one I can put on and laugh the most, it will always be 40-year-old version. Nice. I mean, the rating shows it. It's a big 1.5 difference. I don't know. I, I don't really... Because of last week's ratings with the Greek week, I lost a little bit of trust from IMDb. How can 300 be that low? It's, I can't get over it. It's tough. Can't get over it. The thing is, I look at 300 and it's really simple. Like, like let's keep it real. It's very simple. Mm. It's shot on this on this much of a stage. Like, there's really no cinematography. It's a lot of CGI. You know what I'm saying? The the gore is CGI. I I understand. But I don't care. Mm. Like, I really, I really, you know, at the end of the day, we look at entertainment above everything else. And this movie was just, like, as we, well, we said it last week. Mm. No need to go into it again. But I guess I think, I'm, I'm trying to see it from their perspective. But. Nah, fuck that. Fuck that. Both these movies are on Peacock, guys. Peacock. Premium subscription. I don't know if you need a premium subscription, honestly. You might have a free one. I don't know. But uh, definitely recommend them, both these movies. Actually, the whole genre of uh, the mid-2000s comedy, definitely check it out. And there's a lot of uh, good bangers out there, Yeah. these two included. So, Brian, have you seen anything recently that you want to talk about? Well, House of the Dragon premiered um, oh, yeah, on Sunday, right. last Sunday, and yeah. I was able to catch it that night. Um, I, it's funny, I wasn't planning to, but I saw some notifications on my phone that reminded me. Hmm. So it's smart marketing on their part. And I said, you know what? I haven't really been into a live action show in a while. Um, obviously, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. And I was like, you know what? I'll go ahead and give it a shot. I have my. <laughs> I'll be their biggest critic when it comes to the final season. But it's a fresh start. I was, I was looking into it and I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and give it a shot. And you know what? Two things that they checked the boxes for is the tone mm. it kept the same tone from the original series and it kept the same structure as the original series and those are the two not most important but I think very vital things to hold on to the the, the audience's attention mm. for a story and a and a lore as big as Game of Thrones right and they continued the lore like I said the tone the structure some characters you know they've only introduced a few that are notable but it's one episode. I mean, right. I'm waiting for the second one. It should be out tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I say if you like the original series, you should enjoy this one. I was a little bit hesitant because of that season eight on Game of Thrones. That just really threw me off. And I I, I thought it was going to be more like that. Mm-hmm. I was uh, under the misconception that this was going to be the writers. I did not know that this was going to follow the books as well. So that being said... Of course, it's going to have the same tone as the original Game of Thrones, excluding season eight. Right. This is off the books. There's 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 a material that they're basing it on. Correct. Which makes it a lot easier. They, they, they've done it very well. They've proven to be capable of representing this this franchise, this lore, like you said, very well. Right. So I'll definitely watch it. I just don't like waiting a week. I hate that. What the hell is that? I don't remember. I'm lying to you. I do remember. The last time I waited a week... For a show was was Walking Dead, and we're talking like high school times. That's because mm. that's one of the last time I watched Walking Dead. I gave up a long time ago. Right. But 
since then it's been all just shows that are you know completed or right. you know that are released one season at a time whatever you want to call it um but this show so far based on what i've seen in one episode is worth the wait i have no problem waiting the week i've heard i've heard good things so i guess uh game of thrones fans out there watch it or not yeah. i don't care if i had to give a rating for one episode so far i'll give it an eight out of ten jesus it hooked me jesus i Christ. was very invested not gonna lie fuck brian i'm gonna need you to quiet down for for next week's episode Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Next week, guys, we're doing The Quiet Place. <laughs> oh, he's doing sign language. Okay. Brian's doing sign language. The now. rest okay. of the episode, you just cut it off. Right? <laughs> I can't speak. Well, um, but yeah, we're going to be touching on the, the first two movies and I guess events or, or details on the third movie that's going to come out. When is it? 2024? Yeah, yeah there's, there's no information. <laughs> it's, we got a couple years left. Mm. And I, I've heard rumors. That I don't think they have a script done because I've heard rumors that they might go into um, like a separate storyline. Oh. Um, yeah, exactly. Like th- this, this isn't a movie that has enough for us to you know, make any statements. It's just a wait and see at this point. All right. First two movies. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> Nothing more. But it's more than enough. Yeah. To talk about. Should I mean, be fine. It's good movies. Should be fine. But that's going to do it, guys. We really appreciate all the support and all the feedback. If you like today's episode or have ideas for future episodes, please get in contact with us. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Our username is Film Purgatory or Film underscore Purgatory. And please make sure notifications are turned on on all your streaming services so you know as soon as we drop the latest episodes. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next week.